Chapter 21 of Hilchas Malva Veleva, The Laws of a Lender and Borrower. Today's parak contains seven halachas and will continue with the regulations regarding collection of a loan from land which has been sold to a third party. Parak Echad Ve'esrim, the 21st chapter, Halacha Aleph. In previous chapters, the Ramam has discussed the idea of being Teref Mina Lakuches. If we have party one who lent money to party two, and later on, party two does not have with what to pay him back, later on, party number one can collect not only from the, from the one that borrowed money from him, but let's say there should be a third party involved. The party number two sold something which he owned to party number three. And now he has nothing left in his house, no more belongings with which party one can come to collect this which he has owed. So the Lokeya, who is party number three, the buyer, who has bought something from party number two, he is subject to have that land grabbed away from him in order to pay back the debt of party number one. So party number one is Tadev. He grabs away the land from the Lokeya, who is party number three. In this halacha, the Ramam speaks about what happens if in the time period that the buyer has had this field, he has invested money in it and it has now yielded fruit. It has undergone improvement and has now has, has more value. This additional value, beyond which he paid, is this also subject to collection from to party number one? So the Rambam explains, that the one who is owed the money can collect also from the improvement which was caused by the buyer. This is regardless of whether the improvement and increase in value was as a result of his investment, the investment of the buyer, or even if it, or, and also certainly if it came by itself without any special effort on his part. However, there is a difference between the two. But if it became more valuable by itself, the Baal Chayv, the original lender, can collect all of the amount of improvement. But if it, if it was only as a result of efforts of the buyer, that it increased in value, then he, they split it in half. He collects only half of the improvement. And as the Rambam will soon explain, that this excludes the amount of investment itself. That that, he retain, the buyer retains, gets back himself when he demands from the one he bought the field from his money back. He will lose the field, but he can go back to the one that he bought it from to demand him for his money for the field. So too, he will be able to demand his investment back. However, the result of the investment, the increased value of the field, they split in half. Ketzad, for example, Ruvain is owed 200 by Shimon. So Reuben is the lender, Shimon the borrower. Then Shimon, this borrower, sold Levi a field for 100. So Levi is the Lekeach. Levi invested money, and now the field is more valuable. Now it's worth 200. So it works out nicely. Reuben lent Shimon 200, and now Shimon sold the field to Levi. Levi invested money, now the field is worth 200. However, when Reuben now comes and he finds Shimon has no money to pay him back, and he's going to grab the field away from Levi, he can only 
take away from Levy the 100, which was the original value of the field, and the 50, which was half of the improvement, because the improvement was 100, whereas the... Whereas half of the improvement would be 50. So therefore it gets 100 for the original value and half of the improvement. However, if the fuel was now worth 200 without any effort on Levi's part. For example, it became more valuable. The, the price of real estate went up. So trees started to grow there by itself. Then in this case, Reuben can collect from the entire amount. And now the Rambam adds a stipulation we mentioned before that this comes to exclude the actual investment cost itself. Great sages have ruled and they said that this lekeach should not be any worse off than a squatter who goes into somebody else's field without permission. That the law is we estimate the value of the field now, and we estimate his investment, and he is at a disadvantage. How does it work? If the amount he invested was more than the amount that it increased, then he keeps only the amount of increased, and he doesn't get back the money that he invested. If the improvement is more than the amount he invested, then he gets back only the amount he invested. He gets back whatever is less. But nevertheless, he at least gets back what he invested. And this is talking about somebody that went into another field without any permission altogether. He's like a thief. So why should this buyer be any worse off than this person who was yated And therefore they ruled If the field improved in value a hundred, however it cost him fifty, he invested 50 in it, and it increased by another 50 for a total of 100. The buyer, Levi, when he comes to collect from Shimon, who was the one that owed money to Levi, to, to Reuben, since Shimon was the borrower, Levi takes back from Shimon all of his investment, which is the 50, and also half of the improvement above, the, above this 50. In other words, he takes 25 out of the 50 remaining. And then this half, meaning this 25, which is half of the clear improvement of the field, exclusive from the investment, this 25, together with the value of the field itself, let it be, say being 100, this will be taken by the Baal Chayv by Reuben. In other words, Reuben will get only 125 in this case, since 50 of it was independent of Reuben, it was the investment of Levi himself. In the parentheses, it's added that these are words of, of meaning, they make sense, and this is the way one should rule. However, these are in parentheses and there's a discussion in the commentaries that some versions of the Rambam do not have this, and how it is in halacha, evidently the halacha is not like this. So it turns out that Reuben, who was originally owed 200, will get his 125 back from this, by taking this field. The 75 will be, the remaining 75, since the whole field was now worth 200, will be grabbed by Levy. 50 for his investment and 25 for half of the improvement. And now what about the remainder? Now the field is no longer. 
Now Levi is going to go back because he lost his field. He paid money to Shimon for this field. He will be able to collect now the Keren, the value of the field, the original hundred he spent on the field. Shimon now owes him a hundred. He can collect from Shimon's belongings. And even from land. Anything which Shimon sold or gave away as a gift after the time that he sold this field to Shimon. So, excuse me, to Levi. Because as long as Shimon had already sold this to Levi, anything that he does thereafter is subject to repayment of money he will owe him as a result of Levi losing this field to Rube. This, so therefore, he's allowed to collect it even from the Mishabodik. However, the, sh- the Shevach, the improvement of the field, which was grabbed away from the Baal Chayv, meaning the other 25 which Reuben grabbed away from him, which also belongs to him, he's collecting 175 already, 100 for the value of the field and 75. From the field itself, he still owed 25, so this extra 25, whether it's the half which the Baal Chif took away, or the entire sh- improvement, should it have come by itself, Levi can still claim it from Shimon, but this he can only collect from land or other belongings which are presently in Shimon's possession, known as B'nai Chayrin. He cannot collect from anything which has been sold. And why is this? This is something to make the world work smoothly. This is in order for the general welfare. The first of the three things that which were done with the Kanasa was that one should not be able to collect the improvement, the Shevach. And second case, and neither the fruit which a thief ate when a thief took control of a field and consumed the fruit should later one collect the, take the field back from the thief and want to collect the fruit also, we can only collect it from the thief's possessions, not from anything the thief sh- should have sold to a third party and to grab it from that third party. And a third case, neither the food for a woman and her daughters, which is subject to be paid to her from her ksuba, None of these three things can be paid from land which has now been sold to a third party. Because these are things which one cannot estimate the value. The whole reason we grab away from the Lakaf, the third party, is because he should have been more careful knowing that the person that sold him the land was not careful or could possibly owe money from elsewhere. But in these three cases, it's virtually impossible to figure out how careful to be. One cannot estimate what will be the increase in value of a field, or how many fruits, fruits the, gals, the thief is going to eat, and how much the woman and her children are going to eat. Since it is impossible to estimate such a thing, or certainly extremely difficult, they did not hold the lekeach, a third party, responsible. And these can only be connected from Bnei Chayrin. And this is one of the leniencies of the ksuba that a woman cannot grab her ksuba away from the shavach of a field. And now the Ramah may ask the following question on this entire din that the shavach is split in half. Why should it be that the original lender can only take half of the shavach 
of the improved improved value of this field when the the buyer has worked on it. Sure, the buyer worked on the field, but he will be able to recover all of the shevach from the one he bought the field from. Why is it, since the Baalchai, the lender, had the previous loan, he should have precedence to having his repaid directly from the field which is presently available. So why should he have to split that Shevach with someone who, who has a later claim? So the Rabbim explains that this, the one that bought the field, as far as this Shevach is concerned, is not called a later claim. This improvement only came after Shimon is the borrower here. So only after Shimon borrowed from Ruvain and after Shimon sold this field to Levi. Only after both of these transactions happened was the Shevach in the field. Only then was it improved. So it turns out that the Reuben and Levi are both people that Shimon owns money to. He owns money to, owes money to Reuben because he borrowed money from Reuben. He owes money to Levi because Reuben is taking Levi's field from him. He's being paid of Minolokuches. Now he must pay Levi back the price of the field. He owes Levi that money also. Now, you have two Balachaves. Now, normally, the one that had the previous loan collects earlier. However, we learned in the previous paragraph, this improvement in his belongings, which came after he borrowed from both of them, that they split up at the same time as we explained in the beginning of Parakhaf. When do we say that there's precedence as far as collecting for the person that borrowed money, that lent money previously, only when the things were in his possession at the time that he borrowed the money? But this is something which he didn't even own at the time he borrowed the money. Borrowed literally from Reuben, and not literally borrowed, but nevertheless owing money to Levi as a result of the field being grabbed away. Now, at the time of the transaction, occurring, meaning at the time that he sold the field to Levi, still the Shevach was not in existence. The Shevach was something that was, so to speak, acquired in this field afterwards, and therefore it is split up evenly. And now the Rambam will give an example and extend this principle to where there are more than two people involved. Now the Rambam, he will change around the names here. Reuben will now be the borrower, and there will be other lenders. L'fichach Reuben shalovim mishimen mona. Reuben is the borrower here, and he borrowed a mana, a hundred from Shimon. But Kosov Lane, he wrote to Shimon, Shani Osid Liknes, that even this which I will acquire in the future also will be subject, Meshubah, to repaying the loan. Because of Allah, Milevi Mosayim. Because of Leishani Osid Liknes. Then he borrowed another 200, this time from Levi. And he also wrote him that anything I will acquire in the future is Meshubah to the loan. And afterwards he bought a field, which by his own stipulation is now subject to repaying these two loans, the hundred of Shimon and the two hundred of Levi. And he sold it to Yehuda for a hundred and fifty. Now Yehuda works his field. And Yehuda improved it through investing. And now it's worth three hundred. It is now doubled in price. So what happens? How do they split it up? That when Shimon and Levi come to demand their loan, Reuben will say he has nothing, and by their stipulation, they will be able to grab back this field. But how will they now split it up? Only Shimon and Levi will have a claim to the field itself. That Yehuda will lose this field. He will have to go back to Reuben and demand the price that he paid for the field back from him. 
So we have now a field worth 300. 150 was its original worth, and 150 was the Shavach. So Tadev Shimon Velevi Hakere and Vacholki Naisa Beshavah. Shimon and Levi take away the Keren, the main value of the field, its original 150, and they split it equally between them. As the Rambam explained in the previous Perek, that although there's an opinion which says that it is split up according to the proportion of money they are owed, nevertheless, the Rambam Paskins, it's divided up equally among all of the ones that are owed the money. So it turns out one of them has 75 and the other one gets 75 since they split it up equally. So now Shimon has most of his loan repaid. He's only owed 25 out of his 100. Whereas Levi is still owed 125. But now they have another 150 to split up. But now they're going to have to split it up with Yehuda also because he also splits equally in the Shevach. So Vachayzer is Shimon and Levi and Yehuda Shloshtam. So these three split up together. And they're going to split up the 150 of the Shavach of the improvement the way that Rambam explained earlier in these halachas. Which is how first we figure out how much the one that is owed the least will, be, will need in order to be fully paid. Which this will be the 25 which is owed to Shimon. So they'll take 25 and give it to each of the parties. 25 to Shimon, 25 to Levi, 25 to Yehuda. That adds up, 25 times 3 is 75. So Shimon is now completely paid off. He's finished. They have taken 75 out of the 150 of Shabbat, and there remains another 75. This 75 is split up equally among the two parties which are left, Levi and Yehuda. 30, 75 split in half is 37 and a half. So they will get 37 and a half to Levi and 37 and a half to Yehuda. And that is the total worth of the field. How will it add up? Nimsa, it'll turn out like this. Shimon Tadif Shimon will get his entire hundred from this field because he got 75 from the Kedin and 25 from the Shevach. The Levi Tadif Meo Ushleshim Veshiva Umechza. The Levi will end up with 137. How? He got 75 from the Kedin, 25 from the first division of the Shevach, and 37 and a half from the second division of the Shevach, or 137 and a half. Yehuda will end up with 62 and a half, because he got 25 from the first split of the Shevach, and 37 and a half from the second. Well, and so too is the way you split it, even should there be a hundred people. Allah Habayis. All the fruit which this buyer has consumed cannot be grabbed back from him. In other words, to grab back its value, that since the field really was already meshubah to a previous death, you might think that not only the field could be grabbed, but also the value of the fruit which has been consumed can be grabbed. So the Rambam says no. This is fruit which has been already consumed. But the fruit which is still attached to the ground, meaning it's still on the on the vine. Even though they no longer are in need of the ground, they're ready to be picked, such as uh, grapes which are all ready to be picked. So therefore we might think that these are already independent of the ground. Nevertheless, the owner the lender who is owed the money can collect from them just as he collects from any of the Shabbat any improvement of the field. The fruit is not included in the price of the field itself, is considered part of the Shabbat and therefore is split up equally. Halacha Gimel. In this halacha, the Raman describes the difference as far as this law is concerned between a field which is being grabbed from Lukuches 
from one that bought the field, and someone who was a makabel matana, that the field was being given to him as a gift. Matana sheshav chamach a gift which was given to someone, and it increased in value in the hands of the recipient as a result of his investment. Ein The lender is not allowed to collect anything at all from the shvach, from the increased value. Rather, we see how much was it worth at the time it was given, and he collects only that amount. Unlike, should he have bought it, and therefore we'd be taken away from the kuches, rather than the makabli matonas, where he would get at least he would get half of the improvement should there have been an investment. However, if it improved by itself without any effort, as on the part of the one that received the gift, the lender takes the entire object or the entire field. Because in this case, the one that received this gift, this matana, didn't do anything for it anyway. So he does not deserve, so to speak, this shabach. If the one who, the, the, the one who gave the gift, the naysayim, who is the, also the one that owes our lender money, if he accepted Achrayas' responsibility for this gift, meaning that in the event it would be grabbed away from the one that received the gift, he will nevertheless ensure its repayment. In this case, In this case, it's the same thing. There is no difference between the gift and a, and a, and a lakeach. The lender can grab away this shavach just like he can grab it away from a buyer. The key thing we're worried about in this entire halacha is whether the one that receives the matana will be losing out or not, as the Rambam will now explain. What accounts for this difference? That the lender can take half of the improvement if somebody bought the field. But if he only received it as a gift, he can't take anything at all. What accounts for this difference? Because when one sells a field, the seller writes for the buyer in the document, that I am responsible for you, the achrayis, if it's grabbed away from you, I am responsible to you for the price you paid and for any effort which you invested and for any improvement which happens to the field. And upon me is the entire responsibility. And this is something which the buyer wanted and this is what he actually received. Because this is why the buyer bought the field. If the field is taken away from him and the improvement of the field also, he will go back to the buyer and demand his money back. And even this, if it, this was not written in the document, it's already known that this is the way it's judged between a buyer and a seller. And since this is the custom of the land, as the Rambam ruled previously, this is the custom. Even if it wasn't written, it would be binding. But that's all by a sale. By a gift where there is not this condition, the lender cannot collect from any of the shevach anything at all. 
Why? Because the one that received the matana spent money on it in order to improve it. And as a result of his investment, there was improvement. If that's grabbed away from him, he has no way of recovering this from the one that gave him the gift because he only has such a claim when it was written in the document or this was the custom in that particular land. Here he has no way of regaining it. Since he has no way of regaining it, we do not allow the lender to collect from there. And this accounts also for why it is that if the giver of the gift accepted achrayis for the shevach it is explicitly in the case of the gift. In this case, the lender is allowed to grab because then it would be the same thing as a buyer. Halacha And just as the law is by a by someone that receives a gift, that one cannot take away the Shabbat from him, so to orphans whose belongings increased in value. Their father owed money to somebody. Now their father has died, and some land is now in their possession, and it has increased in value in their possession. So the a person that their father owed money to will be able to take away the field. However, he will not be able to take that amount which is improved when it was in the hands of the Yusaymeh. The lender is not allowed to grab anything at all from the Shevach of this field. The cat in the field itself he will be able to grab. But the Shevach he will not be able to grab because the, these orphans never made any such condition as was in, in the previous case. By a Lekeach, as we said in the previous halacha, it's stipulated. And even if not stipulated, it's Minig of the Medina that they accept upon themselves to be responsible for the Shevach. However, in the case of Yusayman, there's no such transaction, there's no such condition. And therefore, he is forbidden from collecting from the Yusayman. However, if they should increase in price by themselves, then the lender is allowed to collect the entire amount, as we said in the previous halacha regarding the makab lematana. Halacha hey. And this halacha that Ramam speaks about when the, 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 the shevach is split up and the Baal therefore, is going to take the value of the field and half of the Shevach, and the one that bought the field gets only half of the Shevach. Does he get to keep that amount worth of the field itself, or does he only get its value? Does he have the right to the field? To understand this, we must look at a Mishnah in Baba Basra, which speaks about the general idea of splitting up a partnership, a Shutfus. That if we have an object, and if it was split in half, it would no longer have the same identity. It would be too small, or it's impossible to split it in half. In this case, the, the, one of the parties, or both of the parties, would get the value instead of splitting the object literally in half. The Rambam will apply the same principle now to splitting up the field. Halacha hey. Baal chayv shetarach b'chayv miyad a lender who grabbed away from the buyer the amount he was owed, and he took away the keren, the amount of the field itself, and half of the shevach, of the improvement in the field, as we mentioned in the previous halachas. What do we do with the rest? We see what's remaining in the, of the land. If it is something which is worthwhile for the buyer, in other words, it is a proper, profitable amount. It's big enough to be considered a field, or big enough at least to be considered a garden. How big is that? There would be remaining in the field nine kavin, meaning kava uh, measurement, that many seeds, nine kavin worth of seeds, one has room to plant that in the field. 
it's a large enough field. Should it, there not be nine kavin? that I will say that it's not even considered a field. Should there be nine kavin or more, it is considered a field. Ubagina, should it be a garden, it needs less. Base chatzikav, only enough to plant one kav, a half kav worth of seeds. In such a case, yishtanfu bom shneihem. Both of them share equally the field. That they are both allowed to keep the parcel of the field according to what would be split up from the Shevach. However, But if there does not remain enough, that if it would split up, it would have its name remain as previously. In other words, if it was previously a field, and now there's going to be a parcel less than Tisha Kabi in it, this is no longer going to be considered a Sunday. Maybe it will be considered a Gina, of a garden, but not a Sunday anymore. If it's split up in such a fashion, it will not have its original name. In such a case, Nesunli Balchev as Domov. The lender gives the, the buyer the money, the worth of the Shevach, which he is owed, and then he will take the field for himself. And the Lakeach cannot say he wishes to hold on to this tiny parcel of land, because since this changes the entire quality of the field by changing its name, he therefore does not, uh, does not have the right to hold on to the field. He must be satisfied with receiving the money. Allah In this halacha, the Ramam discusses an Apaseki. As we discussed previously in Perak Yudches of these halachas, that an Apaseki is you tell the, the one that lends you money that you shall collect your loan from this particular parcel of land. I will pay you back for this, and you specify the field. In such a case, although the loan has not yet been, re, yet been repaid, nevertheless, it's as if it is already within the ownership of the lender. And therefore, let's say the field which has now been being split up was assigned as the means of repayment to the lender, and now the borrower sold it to somebody else, and it's being grabbed away from this buyer by the Balchayv, by the lender. So, Balchayv Natal as Kula. The lender takes the entire amount of the field, including the Shevach, including the entire amount. Not only like a regular case where he takes only half of the Shevach, in this case he takes the entire Shevach, because it's as if this field belonged to him from the very beginning. What happens to the amount of Shevach which should go to the Lekeach? So in this case, we will see that some of it belongs to him from the Balchev, and some of this he will get from the, from the one that sold it to him. We discussed briefly in Alacha Aleph, and many times previously in the Rambam, the concept of Ziyadi ala Tachtena, that if someone works another one's field without his permission, that he is at the disadvantage as to whether he will recover the amount he invested in the field or the Shabach, the amount which the field increased in value. And so too over here, since in reality, this census field was an Apaseki, and it really belonged to the lender the whole time, and the one that bought the field was there really without proper permission, he at least will be able to get something back from the lender who owns the field. Therefore, we, can't, we figure it out like this. And we figure out this half of the Shebach, which remains to be given to the Lekeach. In other words, the one, this which, which would normally have gone to him. If this it would be greater than the amount which he in himself invested in the field. In this case, he takes back the Hitzah, his investment, from the lender himself. Because the Balchayv, the lender, is telling him that it's, your, it's my field that you're working in. It's my field you improved. 
so since he's saying that it's his field, so the buyer answers him, if it's your field, that means I should be governed by the law of someone that worked another person's field, and therefore you have to give me back my investment. But there's still more money he's owed because he's only getting back his investment now. What about the increased value of the field? This he's allowed to take back from the one that sold him the field, who was the one that originally borrowed the money. That's if the investment was worth less. Let's say the, amount, the, the half of the shevach was less than the amount that he invested. In such a case, then he, since he is at a disadvantage, he gets back from the tzedef, meaning the lender who grabbed the field back, he only gets half of the amount of the shevach. And he will collect from the one that sold him the field the other half which was originally grabbed away from him. In other words, the lender grabbed away the entire Shabbat of the field. Since his Yad al-Tachtena will account for the Chatsi Shabbat, Chatsi Shabbat he will get back. But the other Chatsi Shabbat will be remaining in the hands of the original lender of the Baal Chayv. So therefore he will get that other half back from the one that sold him the field. It does not mention what happened to, happened to the Hetzal over here. Since he mentions Bilvad only, it implies that he will not be able to get back the Hetzal. This is one of the many questions which are asked by the commentaries on this halacha, will imply that there must be something missing here from the Rambam in, uh, regarding several different points. And it's interesting to note that this halacha is not brought down in the Shulchan Aruch, perhaps because of the many difficulties involved with it. Now the final halacha of the Perak Halacha Zion. A lender was coming to grab land away from the orphans who have inherited the estate of the one that originally borrowed the money. They, the orphans, say that we are the ones that improved the land when it was in our possession after our father died. But the lender says, no, perhaps it was your father that really put the benefit in. If it was their father that put the benefit in, then it would go to him. Should it be the orphans, then the orphans have a share in it also. Who has the burden of proof here? It is the responsibility of the orphans to prove that they were the ones that put the improvement into the land. Let's say, they were able to prove that they were the ones that improved the field. We estimate the amount of improvement in the field and their financial investment in its improvement. And they take the lesser amount of the two, that they are at the disadvantage when it comes to their claim, because the lender can always say that this is my field, it was subject to my being paid back, and therefore you can take your self-compensation for the amount which was, which was less and be satisfied with that. And furthermore, the orphans cannot even demand their payment in a piece of land. They can be paid only in money. This is the choice of the owner, uh, the owner of the field, meaning the original lender, that he can pay them however he wants. However, when does this apply that it's the responsibility of the orphans to bring the proof? Only when this field has been specifically appointed and designated as the source of repayment. But if it has not been so specifically designated, in this case, the choice is up to the orphans. If it should be the 
wish of the orphans, merely to pay this lender money and thereby discharge the obligation of their father, they have the choice of doing so. Masalkin, they say. They merely pay off the money he is owed, and then he has no claim whatsoever on the land. And should they wish, they are allowed to take the entire amount of Shavach from the land for themselves, and then he can collect from the cat and the value of the land. As we already said in Allah Dalit, that should it be that the Yusayimim were the ones that, that improved the Nechosim, then the lender is not allowed to collect anything at all from the Shavach. So too in this case, since there was no Apaseki, they themselves can take the entire Shavach for themselves, and the Baal Chayv gets nothing. He will be only able to, uh, only be allowed to collect from the Karka itself as it was before it was improved.